I have had the chance twice in my life to be blind temporarily. And the first chance that I had to be blind was when I was about, well, I guess it was in high school, and I was taking the Red Cross Adapted Aquatics Instructors course. And this course was to prepare people to teach swimming lessons to people with various disabilities. And part of the training involved simulating various disabilities. So they would tie your legs together and throw you in the pool and say, okay, you're a paraplegic, swim. And that was hard. But the worst was the blindness simulation. You may want to close your eyes for this part. We took turns with the blindfolds. Paired up with a sighted guide, we would walk around the pool, counting the number of steps along each side and the number of steps from the locker room. Then we went into the pool to swim around blind. You'd think you were going in a straight line, and then you'd run into someone or hit the ropes, or if you were particularly unlucky, hit the wall. And that was uncomfortable. But the worst was the 10-meter diving board. The trainer blew the whistle to call us all out of the pool, and our guides led us down to the deep end. My guide placed my hands on the rails to the 10-meter board and said, climb. And the climb seemed endless. With no visual reference points, there was no way of knowing how high I was, nor how many more steps were still up above me. Finally, I got to the top and I could feel the handrails curve out into the darkness. And then I took a few steps forward and the handrails ended. And I could feel on the gritty surface of the springboard the raised bumps that indicated that I was moving in the right direction towards the end of the board. And I could feel those as I inched my way into the darkness. Those raised bumps stopped two, meter, or two feet before the end of the board. And from the, second, from the sounds that were all around me, there was really no clue how high up I was. But I knew that I couldn't turn around or turn back because there was another diver behind me, and I knew that she was also blindfolded. The only sensation in the end was that 18-inch square of the board directly under my feet. I got to the end and kind of curled my toes over the edge of the board and jumped into the darkness. If you've had your eyes closed, you can open them now. There is a commonly held belief that when someone loses their sight that their other senses become more acute to compensate. People think that their hearing improves, touch becomes more sensitive, or even a kind of psychic sixth sense that allows blind people to cope with the world around them. And unfortunately, none of that is true. Scientific studies have shown that the remaining senses of blind people are exactly within the same range as the general population. Blind people don't hear any better, but they're forced to pay more attention to what they hear. 
The kind of blindness that Jesus refers to in the Gospels isn't a physical inability to see. It's a failure to pay attention to what we see. It's acting blind when the evidence is immediately before us. The scribes and the Pharisees were blind to the Messiah that they had waited for for so long. And so they led people away from him. The worst and most damaging blindness, though, is the blindness to yourself. Most of us live our lives never exactly knowing what we look like. You may think you know what you look like, but for most people, the first time that they actually see themselves as they are is if they happen to see themselves on video. And it's a strange experience because everyone else looks fine and you feel like you look strangely. And that is because we go through life seeing ourselves only in mirrors which reverse our image. Our blindness about ourselves, though, isn't just physical. We can fail to see our own sinfulness, our own needs, our own addictions. And we can also miss our strengths. We can miss our real beauty or how we've been blessed by God. Some of this blindness is born of humility or fear or denial. And some of it is simply our human inability to be completely disclosed to ourselves. I said earlier that some of our blindness is our inability to confront the evidence before us. And Jesus in the Gospels deals with that evidence in a fairly simple way. A good tree doesn't produce rotten fruit. Figs are not taken from thorn bushes. And the same message is in our first reading from Sirach today. The test of what a potter molds happens in the furnace. When a sieve is shaken, the grain falls through and the husks appear. All you have to do is look and you can see the evidence. You might conclude that judging people and situations is pretty easy then. And the problem with those easy judgments is the plank in your own eye. We can't easily judge someone else because we too are sinners. And real objectivity is awfully hard to come by. It's hard to know what's in another person's heart. And sometimes it's just as hard to know what is in your own. So what standard can we use to judge right from wrong? In the gospel, Jesus uses the standard of what we do, the fruits we produce. But with that standard comes the warning, judge yourselves by this standard first. Before you can lead someone who's blind or teach them to swim, it helps to know your own blindness. Knowledge of yourself may be the only way to learn compassion. This coming Wednesday, our season of Lent begins again. So may our prayer and our fasting and our almsgiving during this season 
relieve our blindness, remove the planks from our eyes, and produce good fruits for our world and for the kingdom of God.